Genesis chapter 19. My name is Pastor Oetla Simangani, thanking you for joining us as we go through the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 19, I wish to read a text here in verse 31. Let me read from verse 30. Afterward, Lot left Zoah because he was afraid of the people there. He went to live in a cave in the mountains with his daughters. One day, the older daughter said to her sister, There are no men left anywhere in this entire area, so we can't get married like everyone else, and our father will soon be too old to have children. Come, let's get him drunk with wine, and then we will have sex with him. That way we will preserve our family line through our father. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Our loving Heavenly Father, we pray that you may speak to us through this word as we look at this story, one that is not flattering, but one that describes a low moment. We ask that you may bring a teachable moment for us, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen. My brothers and my sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, it is a privilege to read the Bible, for we are able to see the extremities of human potential. And one of them is to see how low humanity can go. We have seen in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah how low the community could go. Indeed, as it was with Sodom, it can be in our communities. And I suggest that we are approaching and we are probably in the days that reflect such low moments when morality is thrown out the window, when God's commandments are despised and the ways of the Lord are seen as phobias and are seen and described as limiting that which brings pleasure to humanity. But Second Peter 2, three times tells us that this man by the name of Lot conflicted and compromised. This man was righteous. That's the description that is given. And that he was distressed and tormented by life in Sodom. Quite an interesting description in the book of Second Peter that Lot, while he was in the city, was distressed and was tormented by life there. It probably means that he cried. His cries went up to heaven about what was going on in the city. And the Bible describes him as a righteous man. I think this is why we find that he was saved. Maybe it was his cries that were being heard in heaven together with all of the others that had been victim to the violence and to the evil that took place in this place. Remember this as we go through the last part of the story. Remember this, the description of Second Peter. Because now, as we come here, we find the last mention of Lot in the Old Testament, and it is not flattering. It is not that he is perfect, but that he has save a saving relationship with God. And this can bring comfort to you and me. As he lives, he is consumed by fear. He flees with his daughter, living together a city and a house and possessions that are being bent down to the ground. He and his daughters go to the mountains of the Dead Sea and become cave dwellers. That's in verse 13. He did not return to the tents of Abraham 
where he surely would have been welcome. I believe that Abraham would have welcomed him had he come to the place where Abraham was. But perhaps he was afraid, you know, he was afraid of uh, the shame. Maybe he felt a little shame that uh, he had compromised in some way. and Or maybe it was just pride. Fear and depression cloud his judgment now. And he goes to the caves, the Bible says. Now, caves were often tombs. I want you to catch this picture. These were not really dwelling places. Abraham purchased a cave in Machpelah for Sarah's tomb, right? And was later himself buried there. The place where Abraham is buried, Lot lives in his latter days. That's incredible. What a contrast. So Abraham is buried in a tomb and here we find in a cave and here we find Lot living in a cave. It is a life that has degenerated. He lives a death-like existence, sinking into ever deeper depression. That's the picture I get at this point. Lot's decision, his decisions have had consequences for his family because we read, And the firstborn said to the younger, our father is old, and there is no, not a man on the earth to come in to us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve offspring for our father. What is going on here? Hebrew culture explicitly forbade a man's having relations with his daughter or daughters-in-law. Leviticus 20 verse 12, as we will see God making clear distinction and judgments and instructions. Ezekiel 22 verse 10 and 11 points to the same. The penalty of such sin was death, according to Leviticus 20. Now, here early on, we are seeing something that points to the need for God to declare plainly what he disapproves of. One may think of the story of Tamar later. Tamar was also, you know, not Judah's flesh and blood. Uh, Lot was the girl's flesh and blood father. And more, the fact that they had to get their father drunk to do this shows that they were abusing moral conventions. They also understood that what they were doing is wrong. This tells me that they have been affected by what they experienced in Sodom that they have absorbed the ways of Sodom. They know their father will not approve, but their presence in Sodom exposed them to things that they are now living out in this latter day. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. Lot did not know when she lay down or when she arose. The next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lay with him, that we may preserve offspring for our father. Lot's life choices had promoted his daughter's absorbing of the spirit of Sodom, and it comes back to sting him. His decision to choose a land, I think that was in chapter 13, to choose a land closer to Sodom and then to dwell in Sodom. 
now has an effect upon his own children and it comes back to sting him in the most embarrassing of ways. The, story, the story's conclusion carries the last mention of Lot in the Old Testament. Thus, both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn uh, bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day, the Bible says. The younger also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. The names the daughters gave their sons immortalizes Lot's paternity. Moab is based on the Hebrew, from my father. Please catch this. And Ben-Ami means literally, son of my paternal kinsmen. And so in their names I immortalized this unfortunate, this most low of activities. The names of these sons capture who they are in relation to their father. Moabites and Ammonites are who they become. Their children become the Moabites and the Ammonites, who were later inhospitable to the wandering Israelites who came out of Egypt. In Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 3 and 4, we see that the king of Moab enlisted Balaam to curse Israel. It was the Moabites that ended up leading to the carnal seduction of Israel in Numbers 25 and 31. But the story of the Moabites also provides and reveals the power of grace. And please catch this as we close. It should be remembered that the king David and ultimately the Messiah was descended from Ruth the Moabite. Ah, as, as so beautifully told in Ruth chapter 4, Jesus, our Savior, transcends and overcomes sin at the West. And we find that in Ruth the Moabite, saving grace is revealed so that even in whatever circumstances of life, we can know that grace is still able to penetrate, is still able to work. Such is the power of grace. This is a messy situation to be sure. But such is the power of grace that is, that is made manifest here. Romans 5 verse 20 says, Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. God recorded this story so that we may have greater confidence in His grace and salvation. It is greater than our sin, greater than our mess. He came down to our level that we can be lifted up to His. There is greater power and glory in grace than in all our sins. Let us close our eyes and pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We also thank you, dear Lord, that in looking at these stories, we are able to see the potential of evil in our own hearts. None of us can be so confident in ourselves as to say that we cannot descend into the depths of sin. But Father, we pray that each and every day you may lead us in the paths of righteousness. Each and every day you may rebuke us of our sins, of every inclination, of every step we take in the direction of evil. For that will lead us into depths and valleys that we will wonder, how did I get here? But Father, I pray that your mercy may be sufficient for all of us. And may you save us, for this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.